0: This is the black and blue report presented by ABC insurance agencies, a better choice for insurance now from studio B or wherever the saints or Pelicans might be. Here's Sean Kelly. Hi
1: again, everybody. Welcome into the black and blue report podcast and uh, welcome into the Monday edition here from studio B at the Osher sports performance center. I'm Sean Kelly. Daniel Sowerson's alongside Two great guests today will be talking the Pelicans and their win streak, an exciting one yesterday in Milwaukee with Will Guillory from NOLA.com, and we also continue our Saints conversation here today with Joel Erickson from The Advocate. Daniel, have you been able to catch your breath yet from yesterday's win in Milwaukee?
2: Just a little bit, a little bit. It was an unbelievable game, didn't look promising there in the first half, but uh, a rare third quarter that did go well for the Pelicans yesterday kind of propelled them uh, to a big win in overtime. And I'm trying, starting to wonder, Sean, if the game doesn't go to overtime, does it even count anymore? Because it seems like now that's all the Pelicans do.
1: I've got to do the percentages. Uh, you know, you're up up near your 60 games on the season, and nine have gone to overtime. Uh, I, it's a remarkable chunk. Obviously, it leads to the NBA. Daniel in overtime games played this year and uh, I don't think that'll be the case tonight against Phoenix but you never know and and one can't help but wonder uh if all this overtime action and success in overtime pays larger dividends down the road.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And you look at tonight's game when you're on a back-to-back and you just played an overtime game is how much do you try to, you know, prevent these players from playing so many minutes but also the goal is to try to win this game especially with how you are in the Western Conference standings, you have a chance, Sean, to go to tie for fifth in the Western Conference standings with a win tonight over Phoenix. So maybe it's only situations with Phoenix struggling that you try to get off to a good start, get a comfortable lead, and then rest some of your players because you still have another big game against the Spurs on Wednesday night. So um, tonight is big. And as much as we look at the opponent in Phoenix and say, oh, they're 18-41 and or whatever they are, that it's easy Look at some of the Pelicans' troubles they've had with those kind of teams this year. Two losses against Sacramento, a loss to Dallas, a loss to Memphis on the road. So I'm not going into this game thinking, oh, it's an easy win. It's going to be a tough one tonight.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Hey, what's your biggest takeaway from yesterday's game?
2: Drew Holiday. I think just Drew Holiday taking over in that third quarter. I think 15 points in that third, and he just looked so comfortable out there creating plays, driving to the hoop. He just did it with so much confidence yesterday that with Anthony Davis saying having a quiet 27 and 13 because it's unbelievable the way he's been playing. But Drew Holiday stepping up yesterday in that third quarter after being down 17 at the half, I think, really stuck with me. And then then in overtime, uh, just a play from Rajon Rondo with a bank shot, and then you had the tip out from him um, to kind of seal the game, I guess, even though they did have that turnover late in the overtime that gave the Bucks an extra chance. I thought Drew Holiday really stuck out to me yesterday um, as far as he was probably the big reason why the Pelicans were able to get out of Milwaukee with a win.
1: You know, you mentioned Holiday leading the way yesterday. Anthony Davis still had a big chunk of it. But I can't help but wonder here, Daniel, that because of what Anthony Davis has been able to do during this winning streak, which has now reached five, um, Anthony Davis, Western Conference Player of the Week, can you argue against that at this point?
2: No, you can, and I think there's also a good chance that he can win Western Conference Player of the Month. There. I was seeing it on Twitter that basically between Damian Lillard and Anthony Davis, I think Anthony Davis has put up the most points per game in the month of February, and with the Pelicans' record right now, I believe it's 6-3. and three, I mean, there's a good shot that AD can win not only Player of the Week but Player of the Month because of the success that AD's had in these, this five-game winning streak. I mean, heading into yesterday's game, he was averaging almost 43 points per game in the four-game winning streak. So how do you not give it to him, especially with winning? Because that's one of the big criteria for these Player of the Weeks and Player of the Month is not only how well you put up stats, but also how your team is doing. And the fact that the Pelicans have been on a five-game winning streak, I think AD deserves not only the Player of the Week, but also Player of the Month.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree. Hey, Emeka Okafor... Um is probably gonna stick with this team the rest of the season. There are reports this morning already that he could be signed for the remainder of the season as early as today. Um and I and and I gotta say, Daniel, why not?
2: <laughs> yeah, it's it's been unbelievable with him. You know, he hasn't played in the NBA in five years. He's been slowly recovering from that injury. Um he was in training camp with the Sixers, didn't make the squad, and then he comes in as a ten day contract. I'm like, All right, Emeka for really hasn't played, let's see what he can do. All of a sudden, he starts, and the Pelicans are four and zero when he's started so far. And um, the offensive production is not there, but that's not really not what they need out of him. He's been averaging almost seven rebounds per game. He put up five blocks the other night against the Miami Heat, a rim protector. And more importantly, Anthony Davis gets to play the four, which is what he really wants to do. So against those bigger teams like us on Whiteside on Friday, you have a Mecca Okafor down low that can really take a brunt of the physicality with some of these bigs and leave Anthony Davis to do what he does at the four. So it's been amazing what Emeka's done. He definitely deserves a contract at the end of the season. He's also been contributing. It's been one of those where you look at a 10-day contract and go, yeah, they signed, but they probably won't play that much. This one has been a really nice pickup, and he's been a solid addition to the Pels.
1: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Nice work yesterday, my friend. You did well. I you appreciate got win.
2: It. I, I had a lot of fun. I'm 3-1 I'm and one this year, which was not the case last year, so <laughs> I'm happy that I'm at least bringing back wins, that's for sure, but uh, I'm looking forward to having you back on the call today.
1: All right, thank you. I, I will look forward to that tonight, that's for sure. Uh, maybe Daniel will get Broadcaster of the Week for his efforts yesterday uh, in Milwaukee. All right, as we mentioned, Will Gillery from NOLA.com, Joel Erickson from The Advocate here on today's Black and Blue Report. Um, By the way, as an organization, we'll ask for your continued thoughts and prayers for Saints and Pelicans owner Tom Benson, who remains hospitalized at Oshner, but apparently is doing pretty well in his uh, ongoing battle with the flu and all that goes along with that. So uh, we got that update yesterday uh, that he's stable, uh, remains in the hospital. um, But at the same time, uh, we continue to ask for thoughts and prayers for Mr. B. So, all right, let's take our first break and we'll get into our two conversations here today on the Black and Blue Report.
0: In 1907, Dixie Beer was a balanced, refreshing lager, brewed with love and top-quality ingredients. It would grow to become something that connected us, the neighborhood beer of every New Orleans neighborhood. And now, Dixie is back to that 1907 recipe, original and reinvented, just like its hometown. Visit DixieBeer.com to learn more, and always drink Dixie responsibly. Dixie Brewing Company, New Orleans, Louisiana. Now, Uber takes you couch to courtside at the tap of a button. Heading to a Pelicans game, Uber helps you pass on the parking and focus on the fun. And if you're still an Uber rookie, you can get $20 off your first ride with code PELICANS18. Uber, a proud partner of your New Orleans Pelicans. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report.
1: Will Guillory is the beat writer on the Pelicans uh, assignment for NOLA.com and the times Picayune. He's also celebrating a birthday today as he joins us on the Black and Blue Report. Happy birthday, Will. Thank
3: you. I appreciate it.
1: You'll celebrate with a home game for the Pelicans tonight, huh? Yeah,
4: well, we'll be in the Smoothie King Center and... Hopefully, we can have another fun game. I mean, it's been really fun watching this team as they're late, so maybe they'll give me a little bit of a birthday present with another high scoring. Maybe not overtime. We don't want to do that, but let's have another fun game tonight.
1: Well, fun's an interesting word that you're using around this team, and I'm sure that's the case for most everyone. For others, it might be a cardiac situation with this team. As you mentioned, <laughs> another overtime game yesterday. Uh, this team has a flair for the dramatic, don't they?
4: Yeah, there's no question. I mean, they lead the league with nine overtime games already. They, they've been up and down in these uh, fourth-quarter situations, but they figured out a way to, to kind of make enough plays to win these overtime games. Now, they've won six in a row uh, in extra period. And, and you got to give a lot of credit to the player, Drew Holiday, in these uh, overtime games where he's just kind of stepped up where so many of these teams just direct all their attention to stopping Anthony Davis. And when you have a guy like Drew, Drew Holiday that can create off the dribble the way he has – They've been able to get enough points to win these games, and you saw that yesterday against Milwaukee. He had one of his best games of the season, and he was huge in that fourth quarter and overtime, for, uh, which allowed the Pelicans to get that win.
1: Will, do you get the sense that he is, uh, I don't know how to say this, obviously he's playing well in the clutch. Uh, is he taking what he's been given in light of what you said about teams and their, and their efforts against Anthony Davis, or does he just have a knack for finding the right place at the right time in those situations?
4: Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. I think uh, Drew Holiday obviously is a a veteran guy. He's been around this league a long time, and part of that is he he's played with Anthony for a long time. So those guys have a really good chemistry, especially in those end the game situations. So I think part of that is that you know Drew's a really good player in those in those end the game type of situations but I think a part of that as well is that Anthony Davis just creates so much opportunity for the rest of his teammates especially since DeMarcus has gone down so many teams are sending two three guys his way especially when he's down in the post so you need a guy like Drew Holiday that can go create a play so you don't have to rely on Anthony so much and I think that's a big reason why this team has turned things around recently and they kind of got out of that that funk they were in when when DeMarcus initially went down.
1: Well, I guess you can look at these overtime situations in two ways. One camp may say this is a team that is barely on the edge of being good, and so therefore they're getting taken to overtime uh, you know, unnecessarily. And the other camp may say this team's tough. This team is resilient. Uh, this team battles all the way through and may, may need overtime, but they're going to get you. Which camp would you say you reside in?
4: I think I think I'm I'm in the latter. I think uh, something that this team has kind of uh, prided itself, found pride in off season, is that they, they want to be that resilient team. They want to be that tough team that can fight through a lot of stuff. Obviously. They've been inconsistent throughout the year. I mean, they've been inconsistent during the course of a game. I mean, you saw that yesterday where they were down and they were struggling in that first half and they just came out hitting just about everything in that second half. I think, obviously, Alvin Gentry would like to see them show a little bit more consistency throughout the course of the game. But I think you have to be pleased with the way this team just keeps fighting even after the loss to DeMarcus. They just they, they haven't given up. They want to make that playoff run. And, and they will are willing to do pretty much anything it takes to win these games on the road and, and to see how uh, battle-tested they are on the road and how prepared they are to kind of go through those tough situations in a hostile environment. It has to has to give you a little bit of optimism of what they're going to be able to do at the end of the season and potentially once they get into the playoffs.
1: In light of that, in yesterday's win in Milwaukee, Will, was there ever a moment where you said, okay, they're going to win this one, or did it take all the way to the end for you to feel that way?
4: I think uh, – I would say probably up to the end just because that fourth quarter it was so back and forth. Every time one team seemed like they pulled away a little bit, the other one would kind of answer. But I, I think once you got to overtime, it, it felt like they had a really good chance just because Giannis wasn't necessarily having as good a game as we're used to seeing. And you saw Drew Holiday kind of took over. And usually in those situations, Uh, especially when you get to overtime, it's only five minutes. Whichever team has, like, uh, the best guy, the guy that can put up, you know, six, seven points in overtime, that's usually the team that can pull away. And and the Pelicans found a way to get that from Drew Holiday, and and that's going to be really important for them going forward. Just to find, you know, just like we said, those other guys outside of Anthony Davis that can carry you in in, in those big games when you need all the points you can get.
1: I guess when Rajon Rondo banked into three, I felt a little better. I felt like if, if Rondo could... Bank in a three, this one's got to go your way, right?
4: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What you saw that end of in the huge offensive rebound at the end. So if your if game winning play is a uh, three from Rajon Rondo and the offensive rebound, by like, you got to feel pretty good about everything else that's going in the game, that's for sure.
1: Duly noted, duly noted. Um, Will, can you help us frame up in any way or gain some perspective on what Anthony Davis has been able to do during this winning streak?
4: I think it's remarkable. I mean, he. The guy has been playing at uh, uh, pretty much one of the highest levels of his career, and that's saying something considering uh, what he's been able to do in his short time in this league. Uh, I think uh, he's talked about that he he needed time to figure out what the the team uh, needed from him without DeMarcus. He he was kind of in the mindset where he wanted to do what DeMarcus was doing once uh, Boogie went down, and he needed to figure out that. He, he didn't need to be Demarcus. He needed to play like Anthony. And the more he played like himself, and the more that he just was aggressive looking for his own shot, you saw him become the guy that we know him that we saw that we saw him be before Demarcus got here. And you saw and you see him putting up these these incredible numbers. And the the way he's going, if the Pelicans can keep winning at the rate they are, you have to think he's in the MVP conversation, which is crazy considering how low this team was once the markets initially went down and they lost five of the first six. They lost at home to Sacramento. They got blown out at Philadelphia, and it just looked like this team was just going in the tank. But uh, Anthony Davis has just been playing at a remarkable level, and if he can maintain this. You have to think he's he's in that MVP conversation once we get to the end of the season.
1: With reg- Well, that's interesting that you would throw that out there, uh, and you're not the only one. So uh, I'll keep an eye on that, that's for sure. Hey, Will, with regard to the Western Conference standings, obviously, like we did yesterday, we're going to see placement changes almost on a daily basis. How should fans scoreboard watch and and what kind of shifts are okay and, and, and you know, I guess what's real and what's not well, as we continue to progress?
4: I think the crazy thing with the Western Conference is, I mean, you never really know. I mean, there's so many teams that are in contention right now for those final playoff spots. I think, uh, It opened things up even more with the injuries to Kawhi Leonard uh, in San Antonio and Jimmy Butler in Minnesota. Uh, I think it's it's pretty much up in the air for pretty much you know any spot from three to ten in the West right now. I would say, and it wouldn't be shocking if any any of those teams end up at three or if any of those teams at that end up at ten. I think that that's the case also for the Pelicans, and I think uh, that's one of the. One of the, the good things about the way they're winning right now, and one of the bad things, because they're, they're playing some of that best basketball of the season, their first five-game winning streak under head coach uh, Alvin Gentry, and they're still they and they moved up to number six, and they're only two games back from the number three seed right now. But at the same time, you're only one and a half games back from being out of the playoffs once again. So I think it's great that they've been winning the way they have, but they have to keep it up because at, at any given night, you can find yourself at the bottom of this Western Conference standings. And it's just it's just going to be so tough. There's so many good teams competing. You're just going to have to maintain this winning pace for the rest of the season.
1: All right, Will, set up the week for me. Phoenix is at the Smoothie King Center against the Pelicans tonight. What are the storylines with tonight and the rest of the week?
4: Yeah, I think uh, with Phoenix, obviously they're struggling immensely right now. They're, they're playing a ton of young guys. I think they're one of these teams at the bottom uh, the, uh, the standings, where they're just kind of fighting for a uh, draft position right now, so I think the Pels have a really good chance in this game. I would say Phoenix, what makes them unique is that they, they just have a bunch of young guys that can give you uh, a, a, a bunch of different things. I think uh, if you catch them on the right night, obviously they can score at anybody. They have Devin Booker, one of the elite shooters in this league. If you, uh, he's come to the Smoothie King Center and had some big games in the past, so I think that's going to be the focus for them is kind of limiting his scoring, like I think Phoenix is one of those teams where if you jump on them early, you really got a good chance of putting them away just because they're so used to losing throughout the season. I think they're coming in on a nine-game losing streak or something like that. So if the Pelicans could get off to a good start, you know, go into the halftime with a pretty sizable lead, I think they can they can cruise to this one, and we don't have to worry about another overtime game. Let's keep our fingers crossed and maybe we can get out of this movie set at a at a reasonable time tonight.
1: Yeah. Will Guillory, beat rider for the Pelicans, uh, on on the assignment for nola.com and the times pick you it'll be interesting tonight uh we're we're very pleased to be a part of your birthday will and i uh, hope that you will celebrate in some way today and hey,
4: there's no place i would rather be than the black and blue report that's for
1: sure well, you're a good man for saying that thank you very much will Gillery. with us stay tuned we've got more to go here on this black and blue report
0: What is Squad 6? Squad 6 is every six-man, woman, and child who comes up clutch every time when the game is on the line. They are our full-season ticket holders, an extension of our players, on the court, offering support from the tip-off to the final buzzer. Our full-season ticket holders are more than fans in the stands. They keep the team in flight all day and all night. They are part of the team, and we treat them right, day in and day out, they give us their all, so we give them ours, on and off the court. Squad 6 members fly first class, no questions asked. Only the most dedicated, most celebrated, never decimated fans can call themselves Squad 6 members. Can you? To get off the bench and join Squad 6, visit pelicans.com or call 504 525 hoop We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report.
1: Let's turn our attention to football here, the New Orleans Saints, and obviously the combine that gets going here later this week up in Indianapolis. And to help us kind of get ready for that and continue our football conversation here uh, during the stretch of the offseason, Joel Erickson's kind enough to join us. Saints beat writer for the advocate in all of New Orleans and Baton Rouge and Lafayette. Joel, great to talk to you. I hope you're geared up and ready to go for a trip to Indianapolis.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's that time of year again. Kind of, I, I know the Senior Bowl it, it sort of kicks off the next season for everybody, but you, you know the Super Bowl still hadn't been played at that point. So this sort of feels like this sort of feels like the start of things for 2018.
1: Is it going to be a uh, um, an explosive start here for the Saints? or is this going to be kind of more of an easing into it as opposed to what we've had the last couple of years?
3: Well, you know, the uh, the, the, the big thing that everyone's, everyone's wondering about the Saints is when is Drew Brees going to uh, sign his uh, assumed deal. And, you know, it's been reported that he's going to talk to the Saints about it at the Combine. So it, 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 we might be in for another big news uh, week in Indy. Um, there, there maybe aren't as many... You know, I, I can't – I don't foresee anything like, like the Cooks trade rumors that broke last year, but that, that breeze thing is the thing that I think will, will generate some news for sure.
1: Are you going to Indy then uh, with that number one on your list, or are you going to let that kind of do its thing while you look at the, the prospects and the process and everything else that goes on at the league-wide event?
3: I think, it's, I think you try to divide your time as best you can. Um, you know, the prospects and stuff. Uh, the, the good thing about them is that they're they're a little bit easier to pin down, and you can you can grab some of these guys. And, and really, really the, the interesting thing is kind of identifying where the draft trends are going. Um, you know, you can kind of figure out at the combine. I feel like, you know, what positions are deep. Uh, the first couple of days is general managers and coaches, so you can kind of get get a, a good read on what the entire league thinks of the draft class. Um, so, so that, in addition to, to what's going on with the Saints, it makes for a pretty full week, um, but, but you kind of you try to, to divide it. Because the other thing is, especially after a playoff year, uh, it's hard to get into the draft class and the draft prospects, and this is, this is a good way to do it.
1: All right, then let's divide it up here a little bit. Uh, Joel, if I could get you an interview with Tom Condon, Drew Brees' agent, what would you want to ask him?
3: Well, I think I just want to know, uh, you know, is, is, is are are the rumors that he that Breeze might not try to max out the uh, the monetary value of this contract true? I think that's the that's the big thing here. I, the Saints have said they want him back. He said he wants to be back. Uh, they've always been able to work it out in the past, um, and so I'm kind of expecting it. The question is. What happens with the voidable years, and what does the cap number look like? And, and that's that's, I think, the most important most important thing. And um, you know, Condon's been known for uh, Condon's always been known for getting the maximum value for his clients. But uh, there's also the the question of what his client wants.
1: Fair, okay. With regard to the draft and the trends in the league, as far as how that may go, and and what's being offered there with the prospects at the combine. Let me ask you this, Joel. Is it tough, or do you have to balance the fact that obviously it will be intriguing to see what the top, top prospects, who they are and what they're about, as opposed to, say, realizing where the the Saints are going to select uh, at the moment um, on paper and to see what that group may look like. How do you balance those two things?
3: Yeah, I think it's a very different draft uh, this year for the Saints, or at least it shapes up that way right now, you know. Last year, the Saints had a ton of picks in the first two days. This year, right now, they've only got two. Uh, barring an unexpected trade, it doesn't seem like that's going to change much. So, you know, this is this is a very different kind of draft, and I, I think it does make you look a little further down the list. And um, uh, in, and in to try to pay attention to, you know, so there's some positions, you know, if the Saints wanted to grab a pass rusher, that 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 pass rush group is a uh, is supposedly a lot thinner than it was a year ago. You know, if, if, there's there's a couple other positions like that um, where where you're looking at groups that maybe aren't as deep as they were a year ago, and and you you start wondering, well, if if they're going to find somebody here at 27, um, you, know, how, you know, are they going to have to find a gem a little further down, or, or are they going to find it in the third round, that kind of thing. So you, you you definitely pay attention to it. I think the other thing with the combine is. Uh, the workouts, obviously, are on NFL Network, but the really interesting stuff is what goes on, the interviews, and we get little glimpses of that every once in a while, you know, the, the thing that comes to mind is Robert Camdiche's, um sort of meltdown at the podium uh, uh, where, he, where he was admitting to taking plays off and implicating Laramie Tunsil and, and off-the-field stuff, and it ended up it ended up really being a, an indicator of where he was headed on draft day.
1: Obviously, the Saints had success in the 20s last year. Uh, Joel, is there a position group or a player that could be around that you might speculate? You're going into the combine. I know this is, this is from the class of way too early, but you know if you're looking at, at what might be there for the Saints in the late 20s, what could be there?
3: You know the, the interesting thing I think with this draft beyond just where the picks are is that you can make a case that the Saints don't have any truly glaring holes on the roster where there's just not a veteran player or not a clear player there but you also could make a case that you could draft just about any position. Um, I think that the one that I'm paying attention to most I think the one that might be there is uh, defensive back and a lot of that depends on what Uh, kenny vaccaro does um you know he's a free agent uh if he leaves i think that that slot corner slash big nickel position that kenny plays and that versatile role that he plays is is very important to the defense and there's there, there might be some of those types of guys down in that range of the draft
1: good stuff joel safe travels do you have any good places picked out for dinner in indianapolis
3: uh, we we usually uh, we usually uh, skip the uh, expense of St Elmos and step into Harry and Izzy, but I, I don't have a ton of them this time around. Uh, we'll have to uh, have to poke around and see what we find.
1: It might take as much work as you'll put into uh, obviously covering the combine itself. <laughs>
3: uh, you never know. Yeah, the good news is it's supposed to be a little bit warmer, so we don't have to we don't have to wander around in the cold trying to figure out where we're gonna go.
1: Ah, good point. Good point. Joel, all the best. Thanks for all your information today. We look forward to visiting with you again soon. Yeah, no problem, guys. There he goes. That's Joel Erickson, obviously the beat writer for the Saints on the uh, advocate side of things. We appreciate his time today. And the same goes for Will Guillory, who uh, spent some time with us on the Pelicans, who again played tonight against the Phoenix Suns at the Smoothie King Center. 7 o'clock tip, six thirty-three game coverage on both Fox Sports New Orleans and the Pelicans Radio Network. The Combine starts later this week. We'll have John DeShazer there on the NewOrleansSaints.com uh, assignment and he will join us as well on the Black and Blue Report podcast. So we've got a lot to cover here uh, during this week. We'll see the Pelicans play uh, twice before heading out this next weekend and of course the Combine coverage as well. So looking forward to that and that means we'll see you again on this podcast on Wednesday. The Black and Blue Report will be on Friday as well this week. And then, obviously, on the radio tonight uh, for the Pelicans and the Suns, uh, working on their longest winning streak of the season and under Alvin Gentry. we we'll see if they can make it six in a row tonight and perhaps take a night off from overtime. That'd be all right with us, too. Hope you have a great rest of your Monday, everybody. We'll see you next time right here on the Black and Blue Report podcast.